Listener production. Hello, welcome to The Briefing. It's Wednesday, the 28th of July. I'm Tom Tilly, joined by Katrina Blowers. Katrina, how are you doing? What's been your favourite moment of the Olympics so far? Oh, haven't there been so many, but mm. definitely my favourite was seeing Ariane Titmus win gold. I'm lucky enough to work with Arnie's dad, Steve Titmus. He's a reporter for Channel 7 here in Brisbane. So we were all so heavily invested in that win. I was actually getting my COVID jab in the hospital and I was watching on the TV and I was crying and I think oh. everyone around me thought that I was scared about getting my vaccine. But it was tears of joy because it's been such a big ride for their whole family. Yeah, so you're in Brisbane. They're originally from Tassie and they live in Brisbane and Ariane Titmus actually goes to the same school as your daughter. Yeah, she does. They've got a really good swimming program yeah. with her coach who's now become like <laughs> what a viral celebrity of sorts. Uh, he teaches at the school there. So they moved up from Tassie just so Ariane could go to school. Hasn't it paid off for her? Yeah, incredible. And there'll be more amazing moments from the pool today. And it's just great. I mean, it's kind of like a throwback to the 2000 Olympics in Sydney where we just dominated in the pool. And it's just yeah. it's just such a great sport for Australia. We're such a great swimming nation. And it's just the good news we all need right now. 100%. Uh, in the briefing today, we're actually looking at the timber shortage, which is crippling the construction industry. It's the worst I've seen in my career, but there's a lot of components that contribute to it. So I understand the shortages. No one's seen anything like this before. So that's a timber supplier in Sydney who's had to double his prices on some products. Um, the global timber shortage has been quite a curveball in a roller coaster ride for the construction industry over the last year. You'll find out what's caused this shortage in our briefing. First, let's hit the news of the day. So the news I guess no one wanted, that Greater Sydney lockdown will be extended by another four weeks after a record number of cases yesterday. Had we not taken the position we had in the last few weeks, our case numbers would literally have been in the thousands. But are they where we want them to be? To lift the lockdown, they're not. We know that the next few weeks are going to be extremely difficult for New South Wales. Oh, yes, they are. Uh, that's New South mm. Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian after announcing 172 new local cases yesterday, 79 of those having been in the community for at least some of their infectious period. Yeah, that's the worry, isn't it? That extended lockdown will continue to include the Blue Mountains, Central Coast and Illawarra. There is a little bit of good news amongst that, though. A couple of measures are being relaxed with construction to recommence outside the most affected areas. And some good news for Year 12 students. Um, home learning is going to continue for all other year levels, but Grade 12 will go back thanks to a rapid testing system. And any adult in New South Wales will be able to get the AstraZeneca vaccine without consulting a doctor as the state struggles with Pfizer supply. At the moment, we know for a fact that uh, we will not have enough Pfizer in the next uh, few weeks to be able to do what we really could do in those hubs. Yeah, so that's the New South Wales Health Minister, Brad Hazard, speaking there. So the way this works is that anyone over 18 will be able to get AstraZeneca from any one of the state's mass vaccine hubs from Friday. You basically just ring up and book yourself in. You no longer need that consultation with your GP. Yeah, and pharmacies will also start offering AstraZeneca to all adults from today after Gladys Berejiklian said she wanted all New South Wales residents to get the first jab by the end of next month. I want August to be the month where everybody comes forward and gets the jab. 
The National Vaccine Advisory Group, ATAGI, this month recommended all adults in Greater Sydney strongly consider receiving AstraZeneca. I guess, Tom, that's because, you know, the risk matrix has mm. now changed. That's their language. Yep. There is a risk, I guess, of, of blood clotting. It's, what, four to six people in every million vaccinated. But the risk of getting COVID now exceeds that. And Australia will have the chance for more Olympic medals today in the pool. Ariane Titmus will take on her American rival Katie Ledecky again, this time in the 200 metres freestyle final. Yeah, the Australian men's 200 metre freestyle relay team will also swim in that final. So another big day Mm. of viewing. Yeah, and of course, this all comes after yesterday with Kayleigh McEwen winning gold in the 100 metres backstroke, as heard on Channel 7. What would you like to say to your mum and your sister for now? Yeah, oh, (laughs) 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 I love when she follows up after she realises she swore the first time. She actually swears a second time. (laughs) (laughs) And then jumps in with a, you. Totally (laughs) owning it. It was so beautiful Mm. hearing her pay tribute as well to her dad who died last year. Um, Some really beautiful moments yesterday, Tom. Someone you know, Owen Wright, the surfer, got bronze in the first ever Olympic surfing event. Yeah, it was awesome to see how much he just appreciated that medal, how much he was just lapping up that moment with the team that he had there. His family couldn't be there because of COVID and it was another great triumph for him in this big comeback he's been on since his debilitating brain injury six years ago. And so as well as thanking his family and friends, he dedicated the medal win to other traumatic brain injury survivors, which was really cool. And as you, um, we were sort of talking about this a bit off air, Tom, you were saying that it's just been the biggest journey for Mm. him and to see him triumph, you know, not just after overcoming, having to learn how to walk and talk again, but also in those typhoon conditions, the the surf was crazy. Yeah, well, I think they played into his hands because the waves got a bit bigger. Owen's a big guy um, and some of those shorter guys are just really awesome at tricks. He's a big power surfer. And he was able to really tear into some of those waves, which was really cool. But yeah, it's been a massive journey for him. The other thing he said after after winning that medal is that having the Olympics bring surfing in for the first time really motivated him to kick mm. on with his career where he was struggling. So I guess there's just so many beautiful things about the Olympics and the way it inspires people. All right, we'll catch you later, Katrina. Uh, Annika's joining us again as we look at the timber shortage. G'day, it's Annika here. Now, if you've been down to Bunnings trying to buy timber or do some renos, this story might resonate for you. Yeah, as you're about to hear, one timber supplier says some products have doubled in price. So in this briefing, we're going to find out how bad this timber shortage is and if and how this shortage will end. Last year at the start of the pandemic, there was a fear for the housing industry that it was going to be smashed, which is why the government pumped $2.5 billion into its home builder grant system. So that scheme and also people just saving more money, not spending on other things like holidays, meant that they spent a lot more on home renovations and it saw the number of new house builds skyrocket by 20% in the last 12 months according to the Housing Industry Association. And other countries overseas, like the US, for example, have also had massive post-COVID building booms. 
add bushfires and ongoing trade issues, and that's had a huge impact on the cost of timber, with some suppliers reporting that prices have skyrocketed by between 30 and 40% since the start of the pandemic, and it might not have even reached its peak. Mark Swaddling runs the Swaddling's timber supply business in Sydney. How bad is this timber shortage? It's the worst I've seen in my career, but... um there's a lot of components that contribute to it, so I understand the shortages. No one's seen anything like this before. And so how much is this hurting people? How much are prices going up? How long are people having to wait for their supplies? It's not all doom and gloom. Obviously, there's a lot of people struggling to get timber with the little supply that's coming in. I don't think it's necessary to be trucking it all around um, Australia. Like It's getting absorbed within the suburbia, so... Um, I think that people are hurting a lot worse than what I am. I'm probably one of the closest timbiars to the port. So <laughs> mm. I'm sort of uh, logistically where it's probably a little bit favourable for us. Uh, people outside of Sydney, coastal, inland, I am dealing with other timbiards, um, you know, from Orange and, and other areas that I'm um, giving some of my supply actually uh, whenever I can. And Mark, how much have you had to put up your prices? The commodity products, which are... Um, Framing pine, LVL, and plywood, right? They're all made Mm. out of a pine log. That's the main source that's um, driving prices. Now, framing pine has just about doubled in price. Wow. The LVLs have probably gone up about 40%, and plywood's up around that 30% at the moment. Wow, that's hectic. More price rises on the horizon, and that's not solely because of the timber prices that's uh that's another factor uh is the container prices there's a global shortage of containers and people are having to bid outbid their oppositions and things like that to get space on on the ships at the moment and uh, just an indication our lvl company that we buy from tillings their container prices have gone from eighteen hundred dollars a container to eight thousand dollars a container until that settles down i don't think um we're going to see any changes there either. And that's why you say it's the worst you've seen it. It's like a, it's a perfect storm, so to speak. Mm. You know, we've got our local bushfires that destroyed all our forests, increasing in um, the container prices. We can't get supply from our uh, global uh, manufacturers to meet demand here. And then uh, low interest rates, good property prices, uh, economy booming, and that, that, all these things are all components into um, what we're seeing at the moment. If you had a choice whether to build, you probably wouldn't build right now. You'd mm. probably hold. What are some of the tougher stories you've heard around how how much prices are going up for people or how long people are waiting in some areas? Well, being in the timber industry, probably the worst thing that we like to hear is that uh, people are changing to steel. Um, they can't wait for the timber. They need to use alternatives to build uh, build their projects. So they're, they're going to steel stud or steel truss or steel components instead of using timber, which sort of um, hopefully it's only a, a short-term thing. Hopefully they don't convert long-term. That's probably the most hurtful part of the in the timber industry, like people converting to other um, materials. But as far as uh, individuals not being able to build their houses and things, I think the frame and truss industry that are building project homes and things, I think they're probably hurting the most. So you're pretty close to the port in Sydney. Are, are you seeing an increase in supply meeting the demand? Is this problem peaked, do you think, or it's still going to get worse? The reason for the shortages, um, there's a massive building boom uh, globally. 
I don't think we're going to see any return of good volume until the United States. They've got, I think, five and a half million homes to build in this year. I don't think until those houses are built and they and their supply meets the demand and, and that pulls back. And that's the same in Australia. You know, I think it says we've got uh, 140,000 building approvals. That doesn't necessarily mean new homes, but uh, building approvals. That's a peak and a record, even though we don't have uh, immigration and things like that at the moment. There's still catching up on demand so and i don't think we've even scratched the surface on i think they're still in approvals you know all the new home buyers mm-hmm. grants and things like that i can't see this getting any better until these houses are, are complete which you would imagine is 12 months at least wow. and what scares what scares me the most at the moment is um seeing the bushfires in siberia they think they said there's a there's millions of hectares of um Forest burning at the moment, and uh, I saw last night on the news as well in Canada, massive um, forest fires. And if that's anything to compare to what Australia went through with our bushfires and how it affected our supply, then I think that it's going to be another hit for the global supply of timber with these bushfires that they're losing a lot of their forests at the moment. So it's another kick in the guts for the timber industry there with this. Um, with these bushfires going on at the moment. So that was Mark Swaddling from Swaddling's Timber in Sydney. Interesting to hear from him, Annika, that he thinks it'll get worse and it could take at least 12 months to sort this out. Yeah, it doesn't sound good, Tom. Look, Andrew Page is a builder in Sydney and he runs a business called High Spec Constructions. Andrew, how challenging has this timber shortage been for you? Yeah, look, it's been difficult. We have had to scrounge around from all our suppliers to try and find the material that we need to move ahead and we've had to buy it a long way ahead of time just so that we know we've got the security of getting it. So I imagine the last year's been a bit of a roller coaster for you. When the pandemic hit, you probably thought you were going to go under. Then suddenly you see this surge in demand. You're actually back in lockdown and not able to build at the moment. And then you've also had this complicating supply factor of, of the timber shortage. How has the timber shortage affected that overall ride that you've been on in the in the last year has it meant that you haven't been able to capitalize on some of those opportunities that have been there yeah to some degree we're also finding that people are trying to be a little bit clever about it in terms of trying to substitute different materials in the place of timber and luckily there's a lot of innovative products out there at the moment and people are willing to go parts of their renovation you know swapping out maybe aluminium joists instead of timber joists Mm. it's definitely tough and i know that you know, there are a lot of builders that have missed out on, on work or have had to basically stop sites or slow down sites because of this timber shortage. Andrew Page there, builder, talking about uh, Mark Swaddling's fear he mentioned earlier about people switching to steel. Let's get an even broader perspective from the Housing Industry Association of Australia. Angela Lillycrap is the chief economist for the HIA. Angela, have we seen a timber shortage like this before? Uh, not that I'm aware of. We do get material shortages every so often, but this time it's been a perfect storm of things that have happened to create this situation. How big are the delays to project? How much of the prices jumped? Uh, so we have seen prices jump. We've also seen delays started. Um, this varies area to area, but it ranges from a couple of weeks to, from what we've heard, up to 12. So this is delaying Not necessarily the start of the project, but the middle of the project, which obviously delays finishing your house. So, Angela, obviously in these situations, somebody's going to be having to pay more. Is that builders or customers? 
Uh, it depends. A lot of builders are wearing these costs, trying not to pass them on to customers. But at the end of the day, they still need to make some money to live off. So they will have to pass some of them off. If it does get, um, the completion time does get extended, the consumers are paying, you know, extra in interest and that sort of thing on a loan as well. So it comes down to it that um, most people are, are going to end up paying a little bit extra. Right. So do you think we've reached the peak of this problem or is it still going to get worse before it gets better? Yeah, so we've seen um, demand for timber and that sort of thing ease in the US. Um, so we're seeing more timber imports into Australia. We've also seen domestic production increase to meet the local demand. The boom from the home builder stimulus is expected to ease towards the end of the year. So there'll be less houses commencing construction, um, which will ease some of the, the demand that we're seeing. I was about to ask about that. Obviously, the government was really concerned about this industry at the start of the pandemic. We're told we're in bad economic times, except everybody seems to be renovating and building. So this home builder program has obviously been quite successful and contributed to this. Is it a case of it being a little too successful, a little too turned on? Should the government tinker with it to perhaps not cause some of the problems we're seeing? So the initial program, um, Home Builder program, definitely would have had some impact. It had a very short time frame to commence. So we've already seen some tinkering, allowing the time frame to commence construction extend from three months all the way out to 18. So they've already started to do um, some things to help alleviate the problem. But ultimately, uh, residential construction employs over 1 million people in Australia. So supporting this industry not only supports construction and new homes, but it supports the broader economies. And the government's actually said it's looking at ways to ease the pressure on the timber industry. Have we seen much of what that might look like? What do you think they could do to make things better at the moment? Uh, like I said, we're six months into a 12-month problem. So in the short term, there's not a lot that they can do, but in the long term, we can look at increased timber supply and supporting the industry that way. Timber does take a long time to produce. It is a long-term issue. That was Angela Lillicrap, the Chief Economist at the HIA. Her prognosis was a bit more optimistic about our supply catching up with demand in around six months, whereas Mark Swaddling, who we spoke to earlier, said it could take much longer. Also, Annika, it was interesting to hear Mark say that these surging prices might mean more people want to invest in timber supplies in the long run. Yeah, that would have good environmental outcomes too, ultimately. As he said, planting trees is a good thing, even if they eventually get dug up. Look, it's just hopeful that tradies get through these times. You know, there has been reports in Victoria that insolvencies for builders are up 30%. So hopefully it has hit its peak and it can turn around soon. Tomorrow on The Briefing, uh, Friendly Geordie's legal battle. Listener.